Hello, Habsland. How are you? Mm, that was a lot of enthusiasm. <laughs> I know. I was trying something new. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm just uh, exhausted. Yeah, me too. That, I think that was about all the energy that I had. <laughs> <laughs> Gone. <laughs> just used it all up in one go. That's my bad. Yeah. D. Emily. How you doing? Uh, I am overworked. Yep. Yeah, that's, uh, you've been kind of doing a lot this week, eh? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I've been doing so much this week. Like, to elaborate. Okay, I worked almost every day this week, except for Saturdays, which I always get off because I'm Jewish. And um, it's a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. <laughs> um, the other day, not yesterday, so Thursday, I worked 11.30 to 7.30, closer to 8. My store opens at 11. I was there all day, and it was busy and hectic because everybody got their tax returns everybody got their stimulus checks and it's spring break in Colorado yeah yeah so and because they know that like if they try to call other people in nobody's gonna come in and like the one person they can like reliably count on to come in aka me um was already there yeah (laughs) so they were like, ah, we'll just see if she wants to work open to close. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I like money. Yeah, who doesn't? You know, it's only it's only like eight and a half hours at the most, right? It's really not yeah. that bad. I've done worse when I was working at like Starbucks. Yeah. But like, still the fact that I was like, the entire evening, right? Like, so on the second half of the shift where I wasn't supposed to be there, yeah, it was slammed. So there were three of us there and um, like me and the other one were like just running around like crazy people. Yeah. Um, I was like climbing up ladders, like running around with a step stool on my shoulder because everybody <laughs> needed me to like check sizes for things. Yeah. You got to climb up into the. <laughs> yeah. So I basically had like one whole side of the store and the other girl had like the other side of the store and we were just staying on that one side, just running back and forth up and down the store, like making sure that everything was like, okay. And the entire time, like the first assistant manager was um, on the, the, the register and every now and again, you just hear her go, who helped you out today? The girl with the pink hair, the pink sweater. Because <laughs> you know you didn't have time to like give them your names or anything, right? It was just like, here's your stuff, get away from me. <laughs> so it's like me just climbing down from a step stool with like seven full sets of like, okay, Ethica underwear is like, it's an underwear brand. Yeah. So it's got like tops and bottoms. Mm-hmm. And so like I had to climb up for like three people in a row pull down a whole bunch of matching sets of Ethicas. Yep. I was like walking, like coming down the ladder with like seven full set- sets in my hand. And then I just hear, who helped you out today? The girl, the pink hair, the pink sweater. <laughs> and I'm like, That's I think so I'm funny. in crazy land Yeah. right now. Um, that was, it was, it was a lot. And then I had to open the next day. <laughs> Gross. Which it's like, it's fine, but I'm a sales oh. associate. Clopins are the worst. 
I'm supposed to work like 16 hours a week. I've worked like 30, 30 hours yeah. this week. Yeah. It's, which is fine. I like money, but I also like not giving up my entire week. Exactly. And also it's like retail is exhausting to work like physically and mentally and emotionally and when you work six days a week (laughs) it's so draining if you've like never had a week like that where you're working almost every day in retail like you don't understand like the exhaustion (laughs) that like like settles on your body that like agreeing to stay for like an hour later than you're supposed to is like you're like yeah it sounds like a good idea at the time and then you get home and your feet are on fire. Yeah. And your lower back is like stabbing you. And every every time you bend over, your like 50 vertebrae just like crack. <laughs> yeah. And it's like you like finally get to like stop and like you stretch for the first time and yeah. everything hurts and you're like, oh, why can't I do this? Yeah. It's like slow motion trying to extend your elbows. Yeah, it's like Rice Krispie, <laughs> like snap, crackle, pop. <laughs> like I'm 25, my body feels like it's 40. I know. And God. like I don't have, I don't have a problem with working that much, but the fact of the matter is, is that it's not my job to be there every day. Yeah. We have people who only work one shift a week. Their shift this week got canceled on Sunday because the mall was closed. Mm-hmm. So come in for your shift. But instead of coming in for the shift, they give dumb excuses like, no, my car's in the shop. Call a fucking Uber. Ask your goddamn parents for a ride. Yeah. You live right up the street. I live across town. I literally have to get on the freeway to go to work. Yeah. Like, there's really no excuse except for the fact that you don't want to be there. You have one shift a week and you can't even come in for that. I know you haven't come in for that because I've been here all goddamn week. (laughs) I know you you haven't shown up. (laughs) I've literally been there. And then you have the audacity to complain that you don't get enough hours or that you don't feel like you have enough experience in the job to be good at it. But you're never fucking there. You're there for your one shift a week. You bullshit that shift and then you don't come in ever. Talking about give me more hours. Do you know why they direct like they message me directly to get me there? Because I've been there, I say yes, and because I've been there, I know how to do my goddamn job. I'm so fucking good at my job. I'm so fucking good at my job. I had a $3,200 day on Thursday. The next person below me was at like (laughs) $1,800. Yeah. They didn't even clear two Gs, and over here I'm like over three. I work in sales. I work on, like, I get a 10% commission on every sale that I get that's over a hundred dollars bruh that's hair money right there that's pretty good that's like a nail money <laughs> like hello oh that's great how's your um retail experience been <sighs> you know okay you know how I said like the first day back wasn't so bad <laughs> You lied to us. Oh, I didn't lie. The first day back wasn't so bad. It's the days that followed after. <laughs> um, 
yeah you know people are just getting bolder and bolder uh the the more time it's we're spent being open uh and it's it's really getting on my nerves um my like when the pandemic started my people skills and like my people tolerance skills like really dropped off <laughs> they regressed a bit because you yeah. hadn't had to do it in a while yeah uh and uh not to mention that like before the pandemic I was almost exclusively working in merch so I didn't really have to I wasn't really helping people a lot at that point right so when we came back after the first lockdown uh and then I was back in the sales. It was like, okay, I have to just re-remember everything about my people skills because I forgot it, right? But then on top of just the, like, the sheer aggravating <laughs> quality of customers, which is already, like, almost unbearable, is is just magnified with the pandemic, Right. Right. Uh, and now that we're like a year into it and I'm still getting attitude from people, it just like, <laughs> you know, it's worse and worse every time. So yesterday, um, and if you remember my, my story from a few episodes ago about like, the customer who yelled at me and then was like oh I know it's not your fault right well I had I had a very similar thing yesterday uh where this customer so if you remember our outdoor doors our outdoor exit is closed and you can only enter through our store through the mall right so you have to get into the mall and then come into our store that way right so this customer like comes up to the cash desk doesn't even say hello <laughs> uh I was gonna say like um and she doesn't even say like I have something I want to like talk to you about she just like launches into like will I be able to get out back that way when I'm done this return and I was like no you're gonna have to go back out through the mall she's like okay well you know what you guys should put that on your website because it's unacceptable that you have the doors closed you guys are forcing me to go through the mall that I didn't even want to go through it like I just wanted to go into into the the store here and then leave I didn't want to go through the mall you guys are forcing me to do that and I will be reporting you (laughs) then shop online bitch no she was doing a return I don't do a mail-in return it's possible (laughs) I guarantee it yeah I know uh (laughs) and I was like and I was trying to trying to tell her like it's uh it's our new policy we have a maximum capacity we can only have one entrance open it's still cold outside we're not gonna have people line up outside anymore because people are complaining about that like um, when summer was turning into fall and then fall was getting later, closer to winter before we closed down, people are being like, oh, it's so cold. You're going to make us stand out in the cold when winter comes, right? I mean, so, but that's a valid complaint. Yeah, it is a valid complaint. So we're like, okay, we'll just move it into the mall now so you don't have to stand in the cold. But now we're getting complaints. <laughs> the About thing the is mall. we can only have one entrance open, right? And that is with, that is with the mall. That is with the mall itself. Their policy. That's with Indigo's new policy. That's with the bylaws policy. It's a health and safety thing, right? We can. We know. have to make a decision. And our decision that we chose because so many people were complaining about standing out in the cold, and like we're not bad people. We're not going to make people stand out in line in the cold, right? Uh, we chose to bring it in to the to the mall entrance, right? 
And then all you have to do is go to uh, an entrance to get into the mall. You answer two questions that the security officers ask you, and then you just come to our store and then leave. It's not that hard, right? So then I was like, okay, do you want me to call a manager over? Because I was like, I don't want to deal with you, right? And she's like, yeah, actually, I would like that. Uh, so I was like, all right, Karen. So then I paged over my manager. She said the exact same thing to my manager. And my manager was like, yeah, well, it's a health and safety thing. Um, the fact that we still have curbside open allows us to have that door closed, uh, like a curbside option. Um, and then and then she was like, she kept saying, like, you guys are forcing me. It's like, we're not forcing you to do anything. Yeah, nobody's forcing you to do anything. You chose. You chose. To come to the mall. You could just mail it back. Yeah. Uh, and then she was like, oh, if I had known that I would have gone to, like, your other location. I'm like, okay, we'll do that next time. And then she's like, you guys should put that on your website. And I was like, we don't have one website for this store. You know? And every store is different. You should know. Like, the thing is. The, the thing is, like, you should expect that there will be something, right? Yeah. Like, you, it's a pandemic, okay? Nothing is convenient right now. And the fact that we're even open and you can come into the store is a privilege. We don't have to be open. I know. If you want to be mad at anybody, go be mad at Dougie Boy. Yeah. We're not an essential service. It's not mandatory for us to be open. We're allowed to be open and our owner chose to be open, but our owner could have very well said, uh, no, yeah. we're not, we're not opening to the public. We'll keep closed to public access and stay with curbside. Like we very well could do that. We're very well in our rights to do that. The fact that our doors are open for you to come in is a privilege to you. Okay. I say go be mad at Douglas. Yeah. He's the one that doesn't know what to do. Well, no, he knows what to do. He just chooses not to do it. He just chooses right? not to do it. And it's so funny that she was like, I will be I will be calling in and reporting you guys. <laughs> I was like, okay, go ahead. The people you're reporting to are the people telling us to do this. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't get So it. I was like, okay, yeah, tell them we're doing it. They're gonna say good. Yeah, they're gonna be like good. that's what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, that's what we told them to do. Thanks for thanks for updating us. <laughs> Good. No, now we know that this particular mall's indigo doesn't need to be on our watch list. You yeah, check them off the list. They're just scratch right through them. They're fine. They're doing what we asked them. Ten check. out of ten. Yes. Emily's indigo. Yes. And then of course you know uh, she 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 yelled at me and then she was like I don't need to yell at you. It's like yeah you do. Don't lie to me. I would have more respect for you if you just yelled at me and then demanded a manager and then yelled at my manager and then I did the return and you left. Right. Like <laughs> instead of lying. Be a bitch. To me. You mean to be a bitch. Yeah. You mean to be that way. Be that way with your whole chest. Just own it. Own it. Like Lisa Rinna on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills season seven. Own it. Own it. Do it with your chest. You know, don't lie to me like that. Because <laughs> again, oh, you didn't mean to yell at me. Well, you then, did. Then why are you yelling? I didn't yeah. mean to. I didn't mean to be a dick. Oh, I didn't mean to punch you in the face. Well, then why did you square up? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to run you over with my car. I also just accelerated and didn't stop when I saw you. 
Yep. Anyway, customers so, are yeah. the best and worst part of the retail existence. Because sometimes you get just a really cool one and they just make your day. They yeah. tell you how awesome you are. And they literally, they're like, I've oh, gotten- yeah, yeah. That the blonde one right there, she helped me out. She was so cool. She was great. I'm coming back to yeah. see her. Next time I'm in, if she's not here, she's so cool. Love her to death. But then... Sometimes you got to call your manager over and you're like, I hate your life. And then they're trying to report you and it's like, you're not going to do anything. I love when they say that. I love when they're like, I'm going to report you. It's like, okay. You're going to report me for doing my job. They're going to thank you and give me a raise. Okay. (laughs) Like they're going to be like, here's a performance bonus. And it's like, okay, you know what? You can go waste your time with that. I'm not. They're gonna, <laughs> you're going to report me and home office is going to be like, tell the, like, tell the district manager to tell your store manager that you deserve a weekend off because you are doing the right thing. Yes. Like you reporting me is not going to do anything it's, because I told you to what, pull your mask up to w- get out of my store. If you don't have a mask, literally yesterday I was walking around and I would just throw paper masks at people who were trying to use their shirt to cover their face. Yeah. I was like, like put here's a damn a mask, mask on, please. I was like, here's a paper mask. You need to have a real mask on your face. Yep. Anyway. Yeah, we have a whole, uh, we have like a, um, a, a mask checklist kind of, or of like what's accepted and what's not accepted. Um, and then, so then like our greeters at the door have to stop people and be like, hey, I'm sorry. Like we can't accept you with, um, with the mask you're currently wearing, like wear this disposable uh, medical mask for your time in the store. You can take it off when you leave kind of thing, right? So just like, again, like you're gonna yell at me, own it. That's why I've started doing this thing. I work in a place where you don't really get like too many Karens. Yeah. You know, I work in a place that's really tailored toward, like, teenagers, Chill. young 20-year-olds, skateboarders. Yeah. Um, people don't really have that many expectations of us. <laughs> they think that when they come into the store, they're just going to get a bunch of, like, lazy potheads. Yeah. So they have, like, no expectations of us. And um, But if there's anything that could even remotely devolve into a bigger situation, I literally just hand off the entire sale to a, a key holder. <laughs> Somebody who has a key to the store. Yeah. I just hand off the entire thing. Yeah. To them because I don't want to, I, I don't want to let it devolve into an issue. So um, I just hand it off and I hand it yep. off to the so the the one who comes off as mean, I handed it off to um, the the first assistant manager. I work with her all the time. I know she's great. I love her. She's super chill. But because she's got resting bitch face, something fierce, I handed it off to her. Most and they're of the scared. Time. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't make a bigger issue out of it. And usually it's something that can literally just be explained by like, oh yeah, I know it's kind of unclear, but it's like buy one, get one 50% off. It's not everything 50% off. So yeah. they just moved the sign and it wasn't supposed to be like that. So it usually it's like, okay, I haven't really had to deal with anybody getting like mean or angry at me. 
the worst I have to deal with is I'm in the middle of doing something. I'm literally power walking like an old person through the mall with like shoes in my hand. And somebody's like, hey, can I get you for a second? And I'm like, no. Yes, one second though. Yeah, that um, that is something uh, that I like I've gotten better at now. Um, Cause now like you'll be helping someone and then a customer and then some other customer will come and be like, excuse me, can you help me? And then you'd be like, uh, yeah, I'm just helping someone. Give me a moment. I'll get, get right with you. Uh, or you'd be like, yeah, let me just, um, I'm helping someone. Let me like, see if I can call someone else to come help you. Right. But when I first started working in retail, it really, um, like took me aback how you would so obviously be helping someone. Uh, and you'd also be like in the middle of talking to someone and someone will literally step in between the two of you and be like, excuse me, can you help me? Yeah. Another thing I've kind of learned how to do is like, I'm obviously in the middle of doing something and somebody's like, hey, I need this shoe in a size 10 and a half. So what I've learned to do is be like, I'll take the shoe from them and be like, yep, let me give me just one second. I'll go over there, check the numbers and make sure we've got it for you. That way I have the shoe that they want in my hand and they know that I'll be coming back to them. Yeah, but I'm and, doing this right now. And then I don't forget that I have to go back to them. So I'm like, oh, why is this Ethica or this um, America in my hand? <sighs> oh, okay. Yeah, I needed, a little, I needed a 10 and a half in this. So yeah. I got to go back to the wall, double check the skew on it, and then just stare at the ceiling. It looks like I'm staring at the ceiling to check some of our shoes. Like, so they're all the way up there. Just like, like, uh, we have a whole bunch of like skate shoes just on the top of the wall. Yeah. But like I, with vans, not easy to do that because there's so many different types of vans and we have so many different skews for vans, but for like Nike's America's globes, Adidas and Converse, I can just like look up at the wall and I swear to God, I'm standing there with like a piece of tiny little piece of paper in my hand, like just the little tag for the wall. I just yeah. pull it off the wall and I hold it there and I just go like stare at the ceiling for like 45 seconds, just trying to find the shoe in that yeah. size instead of running all the way over to the computer, typing it in yeah. and then being like, oh, I have it or I don't have it. But with yeah. bands, it's more worth it to do that. That way I can just be like, hey, we don't have that. Oh yeah, when I worked at J Crew, uh, they sold vans as well. And whenever I had to go into the back and try and find like the specific one in the specific size, it was such a nightmare all the time. <laughs> it's vans are hard. Yeah, it's not are. like vans come in different color boxes. No, it's all the same. It's all red and like Brown. just your regular cardboard color. Yeah. So basically, you just got to know what style you're looking for what size you're looking for and just and pray that they come together <laughs> go to the section where you where they they're supposed to be supposed to is the key word because they're never where they're supposed them. to be <laughs> so or they're but, like hit it's always the one that you need is like hidden behind three towers in front of it and you have to like move everything out of the way and it's like buried in like a like a stack of five and just like why can't this ever be easy <laughs> And then I have to like climb up on the ladder and then I have to like grab the one that I'm looking for, put my finger in the hole, pull it out just a little bit, bring the rest of the stack with it, 
yeah. push that part of the stack backwards and then try to just magic trick my that yeah. shit out of there. Like, like like the tablecloth, but like yeah, all the exact colors. Taste. With like the <laughs> shoes. But you have to like you have to pull it out and let go of the other shoes at the same time yeah. so that they fall back down instead of getting like a lot of finagling. Yeah. They have to like it's, slide back down, but like perfectly straight onto the, onto the shelf. <laughs> yeah. And then, but not like, cause the van. But not fall off. Yeah. And the box open. will like get open. stuck and then it'll be like at an angle and the rest of the shoes are trying to sit on top of it. Yeah. And then like 45 minutes later, a whole bunch of shoes on the other side of that stack just fall off the shelf on the, on the ceiling. And then, the, and then it opens and all the shoes fall out. <laughs> anyway. That's retail. It's a skill. It's a marketable <laughs> it's a skill. You skill. Learn. At Indigo, I don't even bother with the ladder. I literally just climb the walls, which is not safe. <laughs> and I well, don't I have, I have to have a ladder. We don't always have like places to go. But all right, it's been I, about a half hour of retail. I know. Like I said, we could act, literally have just a retail podcast if we want. I feel like we should get into the hockey. Let's get into hockey because that's what this podcast is about. <laughs> Let's start with Arizona Watch. Arizona Watch. All right. So the Scotia North Division, Toronto, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Montreal. Hanging in there. The Mass Mutual East Division, Washington, the Islanders, Pittsburgh, and Boston. Oh, I also feel back. The Discovery Central, Tampa Bay, Florida, Carolina, and Chicago. Mm-hmm. And the Honda West Division, Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota, St. Louis. No! <laughs> Where's Arizona? Are they fifth? They're sixth. No! That's even worse. Oh, Arizona. You're yeah. letting us down. <laughs> Arizona watch has not been very fruitful. I want them to make the playoffs. Just on principle. Just for the anger. Yeah, literally just <laughs> on principle. <laughs> Just the fact that would make so many people so angry <laughs> if they made it. <laughs> Again, they can get swept in the first round. I don't care. <laughs> Just yeah. want them to make it. <laughs> yeah, we don't want St. Louis to make the playoffs. No. So if Arizona has made the playoffs, then St. Louis probably has not. It's a win-win all around. Yes, except for Marco Scandella. Except for Marco Scandella, but he can come back to Montreal. He can come home already. Yeah, he can come home. It's fine. Okay. With his fake teeth. That I'm still about. upset about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Speaking of players that I have on fantasy, like, I was working. <laughs> I literally did not have a chance to set my lineup. You know what? Um, that game screwed us both over. <laughs> terms of fantasy and i'll tell you what we're talking about the flyers and their nine to nothing loss to the new york rangers oh <sighs> my god mika zibanejad had three goals and three assists six point night and i didn't get a chance to set my lineup because we were, i was working and it was busy at work and D had him benched. <laughs> I'm a dumbass. <laughs> but it screwed with me too. Uh, because I have Joel Farabee on my fantasy team. 
and he ended with zero points and a minus three. <laughs> I had an open center slot. Yep. I had a, I had two centers with games, and one of them was Mika Zabanajad. Just be like that. I'm up against Riley this week. That's hockey for you. <laughs> Even in fantasy, breaks I'm your heart. <laughs> up against Riley this week. Yeah. Interestingly enough, he hasn't tried to trade for Arturi Lekin. Oh, what is wrong with him? Well, he's not playing, so. Oh, that's true. Uh, I feel like something is up with Riley, though. I don't know. Because he hasn't made that trade. We might we might need to check in on him. <laughs> Anyway, I don't think we've elaborated on that yet, um, but Riley, <laughs> who is uh, a friend of ours, um, has baited D every week. <laughs> he's tried to trade for Arturi Lekkonen. He's testing her patience. Week. And he's, to be fair, he's way overvaluing Arturi Lekkonen. He's yeah. tried to trade, like, Connor McDavid and... Like Teva Teravainen. He's tried to give me really good players, but on principle. Who, like, in real life, you would be crazy if you rejected that trade. <laughs> even as a Lekkonen fan. <laughs> but it's like... the same reason, even though he's on the injured reserve, I refuse to get rid of Anders Lee and Darcy Kemper. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, that's why I haven't gotten rid of Sherratt yet. Like, it's a prin- the principle of the, the principle thing. principle of it, yeah. And it's fantasy, and it doesn't really mean anything at the end of the day. <laughs> it's just funny to watch the, like, reject a trade uh, Connor McDavid one for one for Arturi Luckin and then say no. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, uh, my reply to the trade is, not a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> That's I'm so a very funny. good GM. Very loyal. Um, I'm very loyal bad at, to a fault. Yeah. <laughs> very bad at drafting, apparently. Very good at not trading Lekkonen. Yeah. Speaking of uh, changes in the organization. Good segue. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like, how am I going to do that? <laughs> but I did it. Uh, the Buffalo Sabers have finally, finally. Let go of head coach Ralph Kruger. Um, it was time. It was more than time. It was time. However, uh, it's actually, I would say, too late. Well, yeah, as I say, it's more than time. Like, more he, than time. Their yeah. season, well, their season was lost a, a while ago. Um, the Sabres, you know, Habs fans, if you want to feel a bit better about yourself, um, and including, this is including their last game that had the, the their new interim coach. Uh, the Sabres are currently in the midst of a 13-game losing streak. That is more games than the Habs have lost in overtime this year. Yeah. And a lot of these 13 lost games are, <laughs> were not in overtime. <laughs> no, they were blowouts blowouts the uh the aisles i believe won against them three times five to two did they just get shut out like massively the other day too the uh, i think it was a four, i think it was four one or something like that 
This is like a massive shutout the other day or something. Yeah. It um Buffalo the Buffalo Sabres are uh an absolute oh yeah, they lost six nothing to the Caps. Yeah. Uh following a three nothing loss to the Penguins. <laughs> they got shut out twice in a row. Uh, and yeah, actually, I'm curious how many of these were overtime losses. I wonder. Probably none of them. Uh, one and two. Oh, they had two chances for hope. They had one overtime loss and one and one shootout loss. Wow, they got really close to the hope on that one. Yeah, five four. Jeff Skinner's finally playing again, though. Yeah, poor Jeff. Poor Jeff. He has two goals. Well, weird what happens when you play the guy. Jeff Skinner has as many goals as Philip Deneau right now. Who has as many goals as Arturi Lekanen. So why is Deneau playing? <laughs> Don't answer that. Yeah. Um, anyway, the Buffalo Sabres are a complete dumpster fire. Uh, and like I said... A car crash in slow motion, and then D for no reason absolutely came for me. <laughs> came for my neck with that. <laughs> I am the reigning roast champion. Uh, seeing, oh, you mean your team, Emily? <laughs> because Jack Eichel is on my team, which again, I didn't want him to begin with, and now I can't get rid of him. <laughs> luckily, I mean, not luckily, because I don't. In real life, it's not good that Eichel's injured, but I have him on my injured reserve right now, so he can't do any damage to my team at the moment. <laughs> yeah, we had um, our commissioner add two injured reserve plus slots. To- Almost exclusively for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was complaining <laughs> that, uh, well, first of all, Shira was injured and I didn't want to get rid of him. Uh, just again for the principal, but secondly because Eichel was injured and he wasn't doing anything for me when he wasn't injured, and now that he is injured, he's just taking up space on my roster. So I was like, "Dang, <laughs> help me!" So I got I got them on IR. So now they don't affect my team at all, which is great. <laughs> and um, I got to pick up another center. The Buffalo Sabers did also just trade um one of their goalies. Oh really? Yeah, Yanis uh, Johansson. Did that just happen? Yeah, today. They traded him for, like, a pick to uh, Colorado. Hope oh, they still have Uko Pekalukanen. It's an actual goalie. Stop laughing at me, Emily. <laughs> this is not like a real name. <laughs> it's a real name. He's I'm very sorry. blonde. I, yeah. Yes. Obviously. So, <laughs> they do still apparently have Ukopekalukanen in the in the roster. Sorry, I know it's mean to laugh at names, but the, like <laughs> it's he, a name. This this man has a lot of K's in his name. Yeah. U K K O dash P E K K A L U U K K O N E N. A lot of using K's. He is from Espoo, that's He's the 22 most years old. Finnish and name I've ever heard in my that life. That <laughs> is my brother's favorite uh, Finnish name is Ukopekalukanen. Ukopekalukanen. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, anyway, their their entire and you know what? Um, the Sabers' uh, issues go all the way up to the owners. Yep. 
because the owners care more about the the Buffalo Bills than they do about the Buffalo Sabres, which, you know, at that point, sell the team. I'm so glad the Habs rescued Marco Scandella from that fucking organization. Yeah. It's a shame he's on the on the blues, but, it's you know. It's a shame he couldn't be a Hab for the rest of his life. I know, but at least he's not there anymore. Yeah, at least he's not in Buffalo. He deserves to smile every now and again. Yeah, he does. Big teeth, teeth or not. <laughs> um, but just seeing that, like, I feel bad for the players and I feel really bad for the fans. I feel I feel really bad for the fans. Yeah, they They've had to struggle with the Bills for so long as well. And yeah. then, like, the Sabres for a while were supposed to be, like, their, their the saving fallback, grace. Yeah. And then they did not get that. <laughs> yeah, and it's, um like, fans don't deserve that. You know Buffalo I mean? has fewer points than Ottawa. Ottawa. And they're, like, the, they're, they're a freak show. <laughs> Who knows what you're getting with Ottawa? Fewer points than Ottawa. Like, honestly, fold the team or sell them at this point. You can't keep doing this to your franchise. No. Not to your players and not to the fans. That's not fair to anyone. So, you know, (laughs) yeah, we can complain a lot about Montreal, but, like, when we say, (laughs) when we say at least we're not Sabres fans... Oh my god, at least we're not Sabres fans. It's gotta be the most stressful thing ever. That's actually, it's almost disrespectful, to be honest. To see how business is being conducted in that organization. It's, it's... That's gotta be what Detroit fans felt like last season. Yeah, gotta. At least, like, in Detroit, it's like they're trying, and they want it, and they're like, it's like, okay, we're taking steps towards it. Like, Like, you know, like, we're not gonna be perfect this season but at least the effort is there you know yeah at Um, least they made an effort on that and they're taking steps to getting back to their former glory again but with the sabers it's like it's palpable how much there is not a care not a single care in that organization and it's really sad the bruins Um, have two postponed games yes they do because Jake DeBress, David Krejci, Sean Corrali, David Pasternak, Craig Smith. They're all on COVID protocol. I don't actually know if Krejci's first name is David. I think Am I it wrong? Is. Isn't it? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, Yeah, that darn coronavirus, which is still happening. It is David. Um, it is David? Oh, yes. okay. I'm smart. Fuck yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> I knew it all along. Uh, I was right the first time. <laughs> so, yeah, so... Um, oh, yeah, he know. was on my fantasy team. How do I not know this? <laughs> I, I, like, immediately dropped him for Matt Grizzly. <laughs> oh, my God, that's so funny. I have to drop Charlie McAvoy, to be honest, because he's not doing anything. Um, but, um, yeah, in case people forgot that COVID was still happening... It's still happening. It's still happening. Just got back. Not like back up to form and everything. Like Pasternak just started like performing like super well. And he's He's out again. COVID protocol now. 
I don't know if uh, the Bruins allow fans in the stands, but they definitely play teams who allow fans in the stands. Am I correct? Uh, yeah, they play um, the Islanders, right? Islanders, they're also, aren't they also with the Penguins? No. What is the divisional alignment this season? I can't remember. Yes, they are yes. with the Penguins. <laughs> and the Penguins, as we know, uh, you know, they had that little scandal where they were like literally editing face masks onto stands, onto fans in pictures because people didn't have their masks on and then someone was like oh yeah all the people that got like kicked out for not wearing masks were drunk maybe (laughs) maybe they shouldn't sell alcohol and I was like hot take maybe fans shouldn't be there at all (laughs) ah but yes hot take um and that's what I was saying before like if the Habs go to the playoffs because they're saying like oh with the playoffs all the Canadian teams will go to the states right and I was like if the Habs make the playoffs they go to the states and they catch COVID because some arena lets fans in I'm gonna be so pissed off yeah could you imagine because it'll be the third round of the playoffs like we we went we got through a whole season with no COVID cases uh in the uh in the north division so far and um like I don't want I don't want my players to be exposed I don't want my team to be exposed because yeah, whatever, the are stupid <laughs> you gotta think though that they'll play because they're I think they're aiming to play playoffs normally this season where you like travel back and forth yeah yeah I don't I don't think they're intending to do the bubble again as much as possible. Now, I don't think they're going to play, like, whatever Canadian team makes it to the third round, and then you've got to travel to Canada and all that. Yeah, I know. Well, that's that's what they were saying. Like, we don't – they don't want to do cross-border travel. So, they're whatever Canadian teams make it, they're bringing them into the States. Yeah, see, but that wouldn't make any sense. Well, like, they get hosted somewhere. But then they would have to do bubbles again. Yeah, they'd have to – I mean, they'd have to do – because well, you don't want the like, Habs um, to play in, like, the Stars' home arena. Well, yeah, I know, but what are they... So they'd, they'd have, have to, to do pick, bubbles again. They'd have to do bubbles again, yeah, or they'd have to pick... They might just have to pick a a place where um, a team who didn't make the playoffs is not playing currently. Like, in... Um, for the well, NBA. the Habs could play in Buffalo. That's pretty close to home. They could, yeah. Buffalo's um, not making the playoffs. They, they'll bring something... <laughs> To that arena just imagine it's like the Habs in Buffalo and then like the Leafs in Detroit <laughs> you just like go down a little bit you just go yeah, a little bit south. Go up and down and it'll be the best games either of those arenas have seen <laughs> in a few years um but in the NBA they moved the Toronto Raptors down to Tampa to play in Amelie Arena yeah but that uh, makes sense because they didn't want cross-border travel, so that's what I'm thinking they would do. Yeah, like, but there's they would only have one team in Canada, though. I know, but like for the no. NBA, for the like, for Major League Baseball, there's only one team in Canada. I know, but it's like how many Canadian teams will be will literally four? First of all, <laughs> four. That's four. How it works. Yeah. But what's the playoff format like? I mean, and also, do they really want to do? But like it's also like traveling in the first round. Will it be like what what Canadian teams will be playing each other? Right. That's what I'm saying. Well, so that wouldn't they just do like a Canadian bubble? 
have the Canadian teams do. Well, that's what I'm wondering. That's what I'm wondering what they're going to do at all, like with how they uh, get the conference and all the seating. Yeah. That's what I'm wondering if they're going to kind of keep it split between like Canadian being separate. You know what I would like? I'd like if they did the bubbles in Canada again. Toronto yeah. Edmonton. And then no fans. Get that bubble going. All the players would be safe. But that would be the easiest also, if you ask me. I feel like doing playoffs by division first. And then you send the winners of each division into the third round to face off against each other. And then whoever wins the conference goes on to the final. Yeah. That just seems... Right, and you just let the Canadian teams play two rounds in Canada, yeah, and then figure it out from there. Uh, I don't know. I know they're trying to. I know they want to avoid the bubble, but the bubble was like the best thing, though. It's safety, yeah. safety wise. Right, and especially with now teams are allowing fans in the stands and everything. So let's say, like, um, okay, let's say it's the Habs and Pittsburgh again, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And what they're playing, I still call it the Igloo. It's PPG Paints now. They, they're playing at the Igloo. The Igloo's cute, cuter. That's like what that. it used to be called, okay? I grew up, uh, my dad's a Pens fan, okay? It's the Igloo <laughs> for the longest. It's the Igloo, just like y'all still call ma- uh, whatever, Maple Leaf Gardens. <laughs> Maple Leaf Gardens. What's oh. the one? AAC. The ACC. ACC is now the, the ACC is now the Scotiabank Arena. Yeah, but... that one. <laughs> yeah, so y'all still call that one that one. I still call PPG Paints the Igloo. That's fine. It's cuter anyway. So it's like, so the Penguins get their fans. Yeah. But Habs fans would not be able to travel to Pittsburgh. Yeah. For home games. Yeah. Oh, and that's the thing. So like it'll, even though you know, the Habs will be wearing the red sweaters for their home games. It'll still be home home advantage for the Penguins in terms of, like, the atmosphere, men- atmosphere, like, the mental, like, the, the psychological impact that fans have, right? Because um, just imagine, like, like the the hab score they play the the horn and the music and but everyone's booing, <laughs> you know? Right, like. Whatever. How's that? I just, how's I, that fair? First of all, it's not. Well, it's not. And then second of all, I I will be mad if you put my team in a in an arena with fans and then they catch COVID. Yeah, for the first time all season. I would be so mad about that. Don't put my team at risk. I don't want my team to get be touched with all you dirty Americans. <laughs> well, nobody's team should be at risk. That's the I big know thing. that's the thing. I mean, I've been I've been so like vocally um, opposed to this <laughs> ever since they started letting people back in, uh, and it's always like at the worst timing, right? Because the St. Louis, I think they were like the first one to do it, the Blues, and they're like, oh, we're welcoming people back, right? And then people would quote tweet being like, oh, 3,000 people died of COVID in, in St. Louis. Yeah, like. I don't know if it's actually 3,000. I think it's more like, it's probably more like 300 people. <laughs> but like. But like people should, like <clears throat> nobody's team, nobody's fans should be at risk. If you care about your fans, you should not be putting them at risk. Because guess what? We all want to go back. We, we want to. We all it, want it to be normal, but it's guess not like we don't what? want to do this. It's not safe. 
I so badly want to go to my first ever NHL game. So badly. When I started um, last season, which was still in 2019, and COVID wasn't even, like, in our minds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, I'm going to, like, I was thinking to myself, like, I'm going to save up money. I was talking with my friend Chloe, too. Like, the two of us, we're going to go save up money. We're going to go watch, like, a Habs versus Toronto game in the ACC. And it's going to be so much fun. And then COVID happened. <laughs> right? And I want that still. And now I'm thinking, like, I'm going to save it so my first ever NHL game, I'll travel to Montreal, and it's in the Bell Center. My first I... ever NHL game was supposed to be March 31st here in Denver. Yeah. Kurt finally, like, agreed to go to an NHL game with me. He, We were going to get tickets to go see the Habs play Colorado. And then COVID happened. And then COVID happened literally like two weeks before I was supposed to go. Yeah, like we want, we want to go, but only when it's safe to go again. And not just for us, for everybody involved, for players, arena staff, team staff, fans, security staff, people. Think about these people who are getting paid, like us, like we are getting paid to be exposed to COVID. Yeah. For non-essential things. Like hockey. Hockey, I'm sorry, is not essential. You could argue that it is in turn for um, mental health, right? Because it is entertainment, right? Okay. Say it is, say it is essential. Um it's being televised. You can watch a stream. It's accessible still. That argument, though, I hate that argument. That was, like, the big argument, like, yeah. during the bubble was that, no, I need hockey for my mental health. No, you need better coping mechanisms. Yeah. I have horrible mental health issues. I have a lot of PTSD. I deal with anxiety and depression. I also have ADHD, which means that there are some things that have to be very routine in my life and other things that can be super chaotic. Okay. However, hockey is not a crutch for me. Yes, it helps. Yeah. But when there is no hockey, you know, like in the summer, you got to find a different coping mechanism. Yeah. You don't need hockey for your mental health. You need therapy and medication. (laughs) And if you cannot afford therapy and medication, you need to find healthier coping mechanisms because being like dependent on there being hockey. What do you do in fucking August on a normal year? Yeah. Also, like, the g- games will be lost, and that will make you feel worse. <laughs> like, Especially not... if you're a Buffalo fan. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I, any Buffalo fan who, like, legitimately decides to no longer be a Buffalo fan, I cannot hold that against them, to be no. honest. You want to jump ship? I be my more guest. Power, more power to you. Ottawa is doing better than you are. Yeah. Well, we'll take you. Come be a Habs fan. Come be a Habs fan. It's not like I won't say it's any less stressful, but they do win games <laughs> occasionally. And the organization does care. <laughs> but you might wake up one day to find out your favorite player has been scratched for 700 games. So. Yeah. Um. Moving along, Evgeny Malkin and Joey Decord are out with lower body injuries. Mm, and 
Joey Decourt. Like, he was just getting his stride, too. You know, he just had his first win. They finally saved him from the Belleville Senators. Yeah, he was looking good. Um, He got his first win. That was so exciting. He's playing well, and now he's, like, they're saying that he's, like, out for the rest of the season. Like, it's that it's that injury and you're like mm. <laughs> he's a young he's a younger guy too so i mean and... i mean he has his like whole career ahead of him but still it's it's like it's just those really unfortunate facts of being an athlete you know he was just yeah. getting a stride and now he's out for the rest of the season hopefully oh no i mean then <laughs> ottawa's not gonna be in the playoffs but like next season right <laughs> you know there's always next season there's always next season um, Tom Wilson has apparently pinky promised that he's not going to get suspended again. And uh, to quote one of my favorite gifts of Ron Burgundy, <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> yep. He apparently vowed that he was not going to get suspended for the um, Capitals again. Didn't he say that already? Like a few oh. times? Yeah. But then, you know, he murdered someone again, so... Maybe, well, he just has to wait until he's no longer a repeat offender, and then he'll just do it again. To five more years. Yeah. He's got to wait a while to murder someone. <laughs> and, then he can, <sighs> and then he can murder again. And he'll only get seven games. Gustav Olofsson had a baby. He did. Congratulations, Gustav, on your child. Yes, and then he so was... Uh, is, that, is that his first child? I don't know. I think so. Cause Might be. He's pretty there, young. There would probably be another child in the picture instead of a dog. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that that is reasoning. Facts. <laughs> Call That's... me Sherlock D. Yes. That's um, true. Um, congratulations. To That's... the Olafsons. That's exciting. Uh, and then he got called up to the taxi squad. Yeah. So I look forward to not seeing him play at all. Because <laughs> apparently that's how our taxi squad works. Unless you're yes. Paul Byron. Uh, <laughs> in which case. And then you play while you're on the taxi squad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't know you could do that. Apparently you can. But apparently you can. Uh, Paul Byron's put on the waivers. Assigned to the taxi squad. And then played the game that night six hours later which was a very interesting move <laughs> yeah i was mad about it you know the thing is is that they don't want to lose our terry leckman to waivers yeah i mean that's i think that's the only reason that he's not been put on the taxi squad at this point is because if you put him on waivers he will be taken yeah and i think that's also like i don't know exactly how it works with uh flurry kill flurry but i think that's might might be why they're hesitant to bring him up yeah, uh, come time that they'll again. have to put him like might have to put him on waivers because that kid will get snatched up too yeah so i am so over this taxi squad nonsense like, i'm so over lekin and not being in the lineup yeah you, would you like to go off on a little rant about that honestly i mean i've done my ranting about that we've got Paul Byron, who love him to death, but the only thing that he's got going for him this season is speed. And even um, then. He's not been effective 
you know, on, on the back check. He's not been effective on the four check. He's not been effective to the neutral zone. Basically, he gets the puck into the zone and then play dies. And I don't know what's going on with Paul Byron because I expect a lot from him. He is an yeah. alternate captain of the yeah. team. And he he has, I mean, he's he's a good player to have, but not this season. And But he keeps getting chance after chance after chance when now his line is struggling. Yeah. Because you've got a young center on the fourth line who that fourth line needs it, it has been grinding basically. So you've got Paul Byron who's not been really effective in that role as a fourth line winger. And then um, on the other end of that wing is Corey Perry who like he's been doing fine, but like he's old, you know. Yes. He he's he's older he's getting there like so now evans this really young rookie he's still a rookie um is paired with byron who's not being effective and perry who's like still playing well but like he has his moments where age is like an issue for him catching up to him right so what i don't understand is that like let byron and perry sit Play Lecky and Froleek. I know. Hello? Michael Froleek. Michael hasn't complained a day in his life, Froleek. He's allowed to. Yeah, he's more than justified to. <laughs> I'd complain. Yeah. Uh, he's not, which is great. I know. He's I'd love to see him play, though. I know. And if you're not going to play him, send him down to Laval. He doesn't, paying- have to, he doesn't have to clear waivers. He's already on the fucking taxi squad. We're paying him league minimum to watch the whole season in the press box. Go send him down to Laval. Let him play with Jan Mishak. Yeah, let him hang out with his countryman. Let him hang out with his mini Czech friend. Yeah, we got him go help the baby trans like transition. Yeah. Or play him. Or play him. <laughs> Jesus. And I get it. We he- want Corey Perry because he's good on the power play. Whatever. I Okay, fine. Perry, Perry's been fine. I've been saying. Keep him in the fucking lineup. But- how about we uh, How about we sit like Tatar and have Perry move up a little bit? Like, I- <laughs> then, if he's so good. <laughs> like. And we got to keep him. But we want play, like, like tonight, tail end of a back-to-back. And yes. they're not putting in new, like, they're not putting in fresh legs. Sorry they're putting Perry. in price for Allen, but none of the skaters are changing. How the fuck does that help you win a game? It doesn't. We've already seen it once. We've already seen what happens when you keep the exact same fucking lineup, except for your goalies, on the second half of a back-to-back. They are fucking gassed. They they need fresh li- They need help. And you're doing it again. Who the fuck are you showcasing for a trade then, goddammit? Who the fuck is getting traded? I don't know, but whoever it is, like... I need them to leave quickly. Yeah, that first of all, and like they're not—they're not, they're not uh, presenting a good case for a valuable return, to be honest. Like, because like our want... best players are people that we're not trading. Like we're not trading Anderson, we're not trading Defoley, we're not trading Petrie. That's for sure. <laughs> like you want the players, specifically Lekkinen, to come in 
and be lights out in a game or to just have like the best game of their career, but you don't let them play for more than one game in a row. You sit them for five, have them play one on a time where the team is also just not showing up except for like a handful of players. How the fuck is he supposed to do anything when he has to carry his line because they're exhausted because they've just been playing like shit. So they've been doing a lot. Yeah. Like, what is the logic? I want to understand what the logic is. I want to understand which one of fucking Ducharme's cats are Turi and skinned alive. Yeah. Like, what is what is the issue? Literally, I also want to know, like, what Froleek did. <laughs> like, I get that they probably wouldn't help out with secondary scoring. I understand that. But you know what they would do? They would take a lot of pressure off of that fourth line. They would bring some, like, energy and freshness to a tired team. Right. And they would be more effective in the defensive role that that fourth line is being relegated to. Yeah, and they would help out Evans, who again, little baby rookie, being flanked by not producing older, tired vets. Give him uh, other vets who are fresh. They have the energy. They don't have the wear and tear of the season on them. God knows Froelich has nothing. <laughs> Froelich is 100%. He's got to be. Your team is um, 0 for 9 in overtime. I understand that Arturi Lekkinen and Michael Froelich would not necessarily make your team better in overtime. But Froelich, do you know what they would do? They could possibly give you a chance to stop getting fucking, like, giving your lead up. And because has overtime goals. They're going to play defensively. When you have the lead, they're going to help you protect the lead while the fourth line is on the ice so they don't get scored on. And then your top scorers can extend that lead later. I just don't get it. (laughs) Also, I really like Michael Froelich. Um, I only care about him because of my brother who really likes him for some reason, but Clayton's Jets fan. So um, he's kind of familiar with Froelich. And so well, from what I'm seeing, Froelich likes him so much. You like him. <laughs> I like him. I like, well, from what I, from what I've seen of his stats over his career, like he's a solid player. Like he seems like a 25 to 30 ish point per season player. I think yeah. he has like 159 goals in his career. He's got several overtime goals. He's not a bad player to have on your fourth line. And no, especially when, the other they're, wingers are tired. They're struggling. <laughs> they're old and they're tired and they're struggling. I mean, I guess Perry isn't struggling, but like. But the line Byron as a whole is, is struggling. Yeah. Perry's goals keep coming on the power play. They're not coming on even strength. That's true. Okay, so the entire line is fatigued. I they don't. I don't really see them having that much chemistry no. with each other. Whereas when it was Byron Evans Lekkinen to begin the season, Evans and Lekkinen had a lot of growing chemistry. Yeah. And since they were able to play like a really good shutdown role, Byron was able to do his little speedy thing. Yeah, he was a little bit more effectively. He was able to bury Allen that shit because he had vibe and killer frost with him. Exactly. So like he, but he needs the support that he's no longer getting. Yeah. So Evans's game is suffering because he doesn't have the support on his wing. 
Yeah, the problem with the fourth line is that it's very young in the middle and old on the on the flank. Yeah, you need that 25-year-old guy who Arturi Lekkinen is not a slow skater. No. By any means is he a slow skater. No, he's like a normal... He's a good skater. He's a he's strong a skater. skater. Yeah. He's not like, like speedy like Anderson or Byron, but like n- not most of the team is. And like... He's a like a average speed like good skater. I just I don't get it. Like yeah, Evans's game is suffering because of the lack of support on the wings. And okay, so we're past the halfway point in the season, correct? Yeah. Yes, we are. If you're planning on making the playoffs and you want Corey Perry to be a beast in the playoffs, you have Rest to start him. resting him. Same now. with Weber. You have to start resting these players now instead yeah. of making them play every night. They need their rest if you want them to be effective in the playoffs. Now, they, they might be pulling Lecky out of their back pocket in the playoffs because you need to play a more defensive game in the playoffs. Yeah, but let him play in the regular season, But he too. needs to play in the regular season. And people, you're going to shit on him for not scoring goals. How the fuck can he score goals? When he's not on the ice. <laughs> and when he is on the ice, he has to play as an extra defenseman, basically. Yeah. Fuck it. Put him on defense. We've joked about it for a long time. Put him on defense. He's a better option than Metain will let, let's be real. Like I trust fuck. Lucky as a D-man more than more than those two, to be honest. I hate it here. Yeah. And not just because I have a Lekkonen bias. No, but you're you're but right. Because though. the team is obviously struggling without that role that he provides. Because name one other player this season who is supposed to provide that role who is. Thank you. Uh, you know? Thank you. Yeah. No one. He's like, this is the, what I'm noticing, right? Is that the, all like all the new acquisitions, they're playing really well, right? Allen, Toffoli, Anderson, Edmondson. Perry. Perry. <laughs> Perry the platypus. <laughs> I would assume for Elite if he ever played a goddamn Elite game. Elite <laughs> played really well in Laval those two games. Um, and our our young kids, for being as young as they are, for being as inexperienced as they are, are playing up to expectation. I would say. Um, and I'm gonna circle back to that in a minute. Um, however, it's the returning vets who were doing so well last season they're like the like our core right our core that we kept our vet core that we kept from last season they're the ones who are struggling yeah our whole our whole started struggling at the tail end of last season as well yeah the ones that we started noticing in the playoffs and we were like hey this doesn't look like this player this doesn't look like you from the regular season they're still struggling and yet they yeah. are given chance after chance after chance opportunity after opportunity after opportunity they are not having to fight for their their position on the roster they're not having to fight for their position in the lineup they're, they they it's showing because they're not producing anything the only one who can get away with is Dano because he's a center and we don't have another center to replace him we do if we call it Vedamo 
Yes. Um, but then that's two rookie centers. Fuck it, and family time. That's another rookie center. <laughs> if we if we replace it, wheel Denel, time, wheel season. Yes, wheel season. Let's go. Wheel season. Curly <laughs> boy, come back. Um, the problem is, whoever we would replace from Laval, other than Wheel, with Dino, would also be a rookie. So then that's four very young rookies. No, no, that's four very young centers. <laughs> That is a third year, a second year, and two rookies, right? You can't have that. Yeah. Dino, for the most part, his production is, like, he has two goals now. His assists are doing well. He's playing well. His defensive game is getting better. Um, so, like, he's starting to have a bit of an upswing. Like, and I had a feeling, like, as soon as he's, soon as he's able to score his first goal, he'd be playing better, and he is. Um, but Tatar. But, but Tatar. I love him so much, but I don't know what's but happening just... with him. He's struggling. I think it's, again, like all in his head. I think it's super mental. I think the fact that he's no longer, like his first line isn't together as a first line, I think is is messing with him a little bit. Um, same with Galley to a degree. Yeah. Out of the three of them, Galley's been doing the best, obviously, but... Even so, he's not he's not playing up to what he was last season, right? Yeah. And, and then Yeah, who has not been the same since he came back from that concussion. I wonder if that's still like uh, he's probably post concussive, honestly. Yeah, I yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Cause he's not as like he's a he's one of the best like um possessional players. Right. Like he's really good at puck possession. He's really good at battling. He's so good at battling on the boards. Right. He's really good at maintaining possession or stealing possession along the boards, especially. Um, But he's been like it's dropped off a little since he returned from his concussion. I think he's still post concussive. And he's had like really weird like he's made really weird decisions that led to very dangerous turnovers. Yeah. Um, so I think that's still, uh, so I feel like he should maybe not be playing right now. Did him bench him, not for like any kind of malicious thing, but like, let him, I let think, him get I his, think he, like collect his thoughts a little bit more clearly. Let his brain like keep unscrambling a little bit, you know, <laughs> like you could sit Armia, move Perry up to the third line and then. Lucky, lucky, and Evans for a week, and you let Byron sit. Let Byron let sit. Byron sit. Byron, love him. Alternate captain, love him as a leader. And he needs to fight for his position in the lineup. Yeah, let him sit. And I, I know Perry's playing well, but if you like, let him sit too. He's old. <laughs> Sorry. He's getting right, old. He needs he needs to rest. If you want him to be a beast in the playoffs, you need to rest him now. Yeah, you want Scory Perry in the playoffs? Rest need, him a bit. And because in the playoffs you need less skills. Yeah. You need more grit. So you need him to be able to be gritty in the playoffs. If you exactly. want to have him in the playoffs, if you think you are making the playoffs, you need to start resting him now. You need to give him five game stretches where he just trains. Yeah, not for any malicious intent. Not no, because I don't he's think gonna, you're playing well. 
He's going to start him... getting tired and he's going to start doing the Corey Perry thing where he takes really dumb penalties. He already speared someone in the groin last game. And I'm shocked he wasn't called for that. Right. So like, he's going to start taking really dumb penalties because he's going to start to be tired. And he's going to be like, oh, but I've got to like do whatever I can for this team. Yeah. You don't want them to be on the penalty kill that often because you don't have good penalty killing unit because your best penalty killer is benched. And your other best penalty killer is out for six weeks. <laughs> yes. Sure. So. <laughs> um, Speaking of um, resting players, though, Shea Weber needs to. Yeah, he needs a break. Uh, I don't, I don't know that he needs to be scratched. No, no, no. I, just, I wasn't saying scratch him and yeah, I'm not saying just, bench him either. But he like, he just lo- needs to bring the responsibility down. Bring it down. Ice time needs to come down a little bit. If you want to still. Put him on the top pairing for posterity. <laughs> Do it. Just don't play him as often. Like, don't play him as much. It's already happened. Take him off the power play. Yes. Take him off if, the kill. Yeah, he doesn't need special teams time. He doesn't have to do, No. If you want him to be Beast Weber for the playoffs, come special teams, then stop putting him on special teams in the regular season. Let him do it in the playoffs where, again, it's less skill and more grit. Right? And then he can be a really a- aggressive penalty killer and he can get all of his slap shot power play goals that he's done his whole career in the playoffs. Right? But take him off special teams now in the regular season so you don't, like, damage him further come playoff time. Because he's not going to get a long break between the regular season and the playoffs. This no, year. it's not going to be another five-month break. He's not going to be well-rested for the playoffs this season. No. And neither is Carrie, but thankfully Carrie's playing really well. And they're like... They and he's found, got Jake. I mean, he's like... He's got Jake. They found a really good balance between playing Carrie as a starter and playing Jake as the backup. It's no longer like the one-for-one one game, which I think was what was really messing with Carrie. Um, like, he didn't have time to get going because he would play every other game, right? Um, but he's not being worked to death like he was last season. No, you already like you can already tell that he's more comfortable now going into the second half of the season. And yes, it's a shorter season, but it's a more condensed schedule. You don't have a lot of yeah. breaks, especially this month. This schedule, I would argue, is tougher than a regular 82 game season. I I agree. So. They found a good balance now with Carrie and Jake, and it's really showing in their goaltending. Like that, both our goalies are playing exceptionally well. It sucks that we can't get a win for Jake for the life of us, but Jake is still playing well. Every loss with Jake is very tight. It's like a one-goal game, and the like score an overtime is overtime loss. Yeah, it's like an overtime, like two-one. It's very, it's one-goal game, and it's a very low-scoring, like really tight game, right? So Jake's playing really well. It's just that the team, for some reason, can't like just win it in front of them, right? So I'm not worried about our goalies anymore, but Webb's, you got to rest him a bit more. Like I said last episode, pretty much to save him from himself at this point. Yep. And again, slate him in the top line for, like, respect, for, you know, what, what he is he's a legend in the nhl now but don't just don't play him top minutes anymore yeah just and just save it roll those lines a little bit more a little bit more you know get petrie 
in the bigger role, get Edmonton in the bigger role. You know, like, give Kulak a bigger role. I know, let Kulak really be able to play his game because he's he's always so hot and cold. It's either like Kulak is, like, great in a game or he's, like, not. And lately, he's been pretty good. He's been great. He's been carrying... I mean, he's had the rotating partner this season. Yeah, he's been suffering with the with the different like the the revolving door of. It was like Flurry last season. Flurry had like five different partners. Yeah. In and like the stretch of like two months. And now he's settled down with Leskinen, and they're playing so well together. Actually, I think he's playing with um somebody else now because I think it's Leskinen and Schooneman. Never mind. Uh, well, he was. <laughs> <laughs> but just just rest the man you know there's no shame I don't like I think people think it's like a shameful thing if Weber gets like less ice time or if he gets moved down to the second pair or whatever there's literally no shame in that he's getting old he's 35 years old that is very old not not only just for a hockey player in general but for a defenseman and not just a defenseman a top pair defenseman and not just a top pair defenseman, a legend that is Shea Weber. He's yep. had a lot of injuries. He plays 25 minutes a night. He's on both special teams. It's just catching up with him. He's not bad at hockey. Yeah. It's like it's just the nature of it, right? And I don't think there's any shame in that. I don't think there's any shame in accepting the fact that he's getting older, so we have to reduce his role a little bit just to make sure that he stays healthy and he can play his best game. There's absolutely no shame in that whatsoever. And I I wouldn't have, like, if, if fans from other teams try and chirp me about that, that's not offensive. It's just a fact of the matter. Yeah, I, well, it's just... That's how time and age works. <laughs> yeah, well, and especially... Okay, it's like in the military, right? Because you do a lot of hard work in the military, you do a lot of physical work in the military, especially yeah. if you're, like, maintenance in the military, like, if you're a mechanic, you do a lot of hard work. So your body starts to deteriorate faster. Yeah. The harder work you do, the more your body starts to deteriorate. And yeah, he's in good shape. He's in great shape. He could probably bench press five of me. Yeah. Okay. That doesn't mean that his joints and, you know, the way his body takes and gives hits, the way his body, you know, works with like skating and everything. That does not mean that it's easy because he's in good shape. Yeah. I know a lot of people who are in good shape, you know, past their prime who still could not do the things that they could do when they were 20 years old. Yeah. And you know, he's in good shape, but guess who else is in good shape? The other team of hockey players playing against him who are 25 years old. Yep. And they're forwards who don't throw hits, who don't take hits, who don't play 25 minutes a night. Yeah. You know, it's just a simple fact of the matter. And there's yeah, it's nothing there's, against nothing against Shea Weber. I love him. It's My just captain. that if you want him to be at his most Shea Weber, you have just got rest. to rest the man. 
reduce his role a little bit. Don't yeah. scratch him. Don't bench him. Because let's be honest, rest, to play. For, rest <laughs> for Shea Weber is literally just taking him off special teams. That Yeah, that's it. Like, honestly. <laughs> you know, they like, literally, Dom would literally walk up to him and be like, hey, Shea, we're going to rest you. We're going to bench you tonight. And he's going to be like, are you actually? Are you actually? <laughs> I will break you in half. Are you actually going to rest me? And Dom would be like, ah, hi, bro, fools, in March. Uh-huh, just take you on special team. <laughs> it's a joke. But really, you're yeah. not on the power player penalty kill anymore. Yeah. And you know what? Shea Weber's a big boy. Look, I understand that all the players are like team guys, but I am not a team guy. Okay. No, I'm a fan. <laughs> and I say, take I don't have team. to deal with the stuff. <laughs> yeah. I can very easily say, take, take Shea Weber off special teams and I won't have to say it to his face and be scared about it. <laughs> yes. Because if I had to do that, I'd literally walk up and be like, hello, Mr. Shea Weber, sir. Um, I think I would like email him. <laughs> To whom it may concern. <laughs> we. Hello. <laughs> I hope this finds you well. <laughs> we as a collective. <laughs> Inter tab. <laughs> Due to the circumstances of this season. And the condensed schedule thereof. And the natural progression of time. <laughs> I have to like type it out on the typewriter for him and yeah. then like yeet it at him. Seal it with like a wax seal. <laughs> yes. And, and then, then like, tie it to a carrier pigeon. And <laughs> but like leave no fingerprints on it. Yeah. Don't sign it. Nothing. <laughs> like Just the none, Montreal organization. <laughs> no handwriting on that thing whatsoever. I'll sign it with yeah. like my toes so that you can't trace it back to me. Yeah. Just put leather gloves on. And then, like, wipe it all down with gasoline so you, <laughs> like, there's nothing. It's the perfect crime. <laughs> but he'll know it's you. <laughs> and you still have to face him. <laughs> um, a lot of fans online have been calling for um, Shea Weber to be either completely benched or also just have a reduced role. Online also, Twitter has decided to pit Nick Suzuki and Jesperi Kotkiniemi against each other. Apparently, only one of them is worthy of defense from fans at a time. For more on this, we go live now to Emily with today's Nick Suzuki rant. Emily? Thanks, Dee. Um, this is something that has been really, 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 really bothering me um, the past few weeks. Um, first of all, I like want to get it out there. I know Suzuki has been struggling. I'm very well aware of that. I'm very well aware that he doesn't quite look like himself, or at least like he doesn't quite look like himself that he did in the first 10 games. Um, However, like it's not comparable to Deno. It's not comparable to Sitar or like Byron or Shea Weber or anything for the sole reason that Suzuki is a young kid. He's 21 years old and it's his sophomore year. Okay. There will be mistakes. There will be bumps in the road. And and like, and he's not just, it's not like he's just a forward, right? It's not like he's a winger or anything. He's a center. Center is arguably the hardest position to play aside from like goalie, right? There's a lot of responsibility, especially with the face-offs. Face-offs, will be 
a struggle for a while. And not just from Suzuki, but from KK and from Evans as well. It's, again, like just a fact of the matter that you have a bunch of very young kids all in their very early 20s, third year and down, right? Um, Against like vet players and like like this is this is the the north division right they've got matthews they've got shifley and then and then uh on the top line in the jets if shifley gets kicked out um it's dubois who's a center but they're playing him as a winger right now you've got mcdavid you know you like you've got bo horvat Th- this isn't an easy division for for like a young kid to play center first of all at all so yeah he's going to be losing face-offs and he's going to be struggling against these vet players but the thing is that's okay like that should be allowed and I know and I think the problem is that it's it's it is because it's Nick Suzuki he had such a really good first year he was like fifth I think uh, at the end of the season in terms of rookie points, like scoring assists and then cumulative points. Uh, And then of course he had like his first 10 games where he had like a five game point streak and he was making all these really smart plays. He was getting all these assists. He was getting these goals and he looked really good. And then I think it was the Sens game happened and he dropped off a bit, but the whole team dropped off after that. Right. Um, The thing that just like bothers me the most is that like all this criticism and all this blame being put on him I think is really uh unfair and I think it's a little too heavy for what he actually is all right so like he's being put up there with Dano and Byron and Tatar and all that right but they're the vets they should they should not be playing the way they are Suzuki, uh, honestly, he's like his struggles are like so expected to me that I'm not surprised at all. Last season, we saw KK go through it. He had a really he was struggling a lot last season, actually. And not to mention he got injured. Um, He was struggling to the point where they had to send him down to Laval, which like, again, that's not a bad thing. They're young kids. They will struggle. This isn't an easy league to play in. And I think a huge part of that is because the vets are not producing the way they should. My take on this whole, like, oh, who's our first line center? Honestly, in all honesty, it is neither Suzuki nor Kakinyemi. Not now, anyway. It should be Dano. Tatar, Dano, Gali, that should be our first line. But it's not our first line because they're not producing properly. So now, so then they put Suzuki on the first line. He played well a little bit, and then he started to struggle. Now they have Kakinyemi on the first line. He's been struggling too. Neither of them should be one center at this moment, but they're being forced to because our actual one center isn't producing properly. And I think them being placed as top center right now is like probably the worst thing that could happen to them, to be honest because they're being rushed into a role that neither of them are ready for with with wingers that like I mean yeah they're they're producing well with um Toffoli and Joe and Anderson and all that but I like 
I wonder, like, are the two of them actually experienced enough to handle wingers like that? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I totally get it. My big thing is, is that you cannot, it's not Kakaniemi versus Suzuki. No, it's not. And I, I really wish we could stop with that, first of all. <laughs> Just because, you know, like, M has been saying, like, look, Suzuki has a lot of really good chemistry with these wingers. That doesn't mean that she's saying that Karkiniemi does not deserve good wingers. Everybody deserves good wingers. Everybody yes. deserves good line mates. It's just that. It's just like they, they don't want to break up the Deno-Tatar-Gallagher Tatar, line because of their chemistry, whether or not they are producing, that that doesn't mean that, you know, it doesn't make that line bad. That doesn't discount or devalue the chemistry that that line has. Yeah. And it's just like, I have, you know, I know we all have, at the end of the day, it's like there are, there are biases and favoritism that comes into like how we say things, right? I won't lie. Everyone knows that I'm like a big fan of Suzuki and stuff like that. Right. But I'm, I always try and speak as objectively as possible uh, when I get into like what, how I believe lines should be set and like who people should be playing together. Right. I never once have I, I've never used the term like deserved before, like blah, blah, like so-and-so deserves these people so-and-so deserves this ice time um like i i don't believe in like a deserve basis right because it's not about deserving this is a team sport right everyone has to work together but i believe in chemistry i believe in like proof of product right um and what i noticed is that like you know the Drew and Suzuki Anderson line? What first of all like in the early season, in earlier in the season was like our most uh, consistent, like on our highest producing line as a whole, right? They also talked about how like they worked separately from the rest of the team to see how they could be better together as a line. Right. So that's also like individual interest that they have staked in the line as themselves. Right. So, yeah, I don't like the third that they've got separated. It has nothing to do with who I think deserves what. Right. Um, it's just that, like, I think messing around with the lines so much with these young kids and then like flip-flopping them back and forth between first center, third center, second center, when neither of them should be on the first line. I like, they should be, I think going back and forth between second and third while Dano should be our first line center. However, our first line center who is Dano is not playing like our first line center should be. So we're falling back on these kids, right? And we'd fallen back on Suzuki for a while because Suzuki was like playing better, um, just kind of not points wise, but like in a general sense, right? Suzuki's more of a two way forward, and they like uh, Montreal obviously likes having two way forwards in the top line. Um, however, 
I think that might have been the worst thing that could have happened because that was too much responsibility and too much ice time and too much pressure and too much expectation all at once. He started to struggle with like the top line of other teams that he's up against. And again, this is the North division. There's a crazy amount of talent on top lines. And he started struggling with playing like over 20 minutes a night. But again, that to me is like fine because he's just a 21 year old kid in his second year. So the fact that people are saying like, oh, he's ineffective. Oh, he sucks. Oh, send him down to Laval and bring up Paling. Like, stop. Let the kid figure it out. Okay. Even when he was struggling, like he didn't have a whole point streak, but he was still putting up points. He was still driving the play. He was still making like good defensive plays. He was still uh, pushing the play forward. He has like really, he has, he's like sneaky annoying where like, I don't know if you guys watch him, but he'll always creep into the offensive zone uh, when the other team is doing a line change, like, getting in their face trying to steal the puck kind of thing right he battles on the boards he does try his best <laughs> at face-offs he has games where he's better he has games where he's not it depends on who he's up against right what I'm just saying is uh, like yeah again you can say like he hasn't been playing like what we know him to play as but like lay off of it and lay off of Emily because if all of you motherfuckers, and she won't be mean to you, but I fucking will. If all <laughs> of you goddamn chooches can have your opinion on the internet and you can shout about, oh, everybody else is wrong because my opinion is correct and my opinion says that Yasperikot Kinyemi is the son of fucking God, then Emily is allowed to say that she does not like the treatment of Nick Suzuki. She's allowed to tweet about the fact that she does not like the line chemistry with Nick Suzuki's new line mates. Shut the fuck up or I will kick your ass. I swear <laughs> to fucking God. And I'm talking about, I'm swearing to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm swearing to my Torah Old Testament God, not your nice new, let me have my kid die for you, God. <laughs> anyway, that's just, that's just how I'm feeling. Because I think shouldering all that responsibility on such a young kid obviously you're just gonna let like set yourself up for disappointment because yeah he is gonna struggle he's a kid it's the nhl he shouldn't be playing on the first line neither should kk to be honest i don't know who's gonna be the first center in the future but right now neither of them should be neither of them are ready for that role and both of them are struggling So just like, like your real criticism should be with our core vets who aren't producing, direct your ire towards that. Stop calling him, stop, but stop calling Suzuki ineffective. Stop calling him useless. Stop calling him, stop calling him lazy. Stop people calling him lazy. He's such a hard worker. And I don't know if you guys like watch his press conferences, but every time they lose, he always puts, he puts the whole thing on himself. Always. He's so hard on himself. Whatever like you have to say about Suzuki, he's already said to himself a million times. Just, just like, just, yeah, he's been struggling a bit, but that's normal. Like lay off the kid a bit, please. That's what I wanted to say on that. Well, speaking of the kids, the Laval Rocket play tonight. They've won three of their last four. Yeah, they've been doing well. 
They finally also, faced Toronto and Stockton. They've also won in overtime. Yeah! <laughs> Something the Habs can't do. Um, I just want to really quickly go get through yeah. Laval, because I've got a Laval game to watch in like five minutes. Five minutes. Sorry. Um, so, same thing as always, who's performing? Goalies, the defense, Vedemo and company. Um, Vedemo's killing it. Weirdly, also paling. Yeah. In the past couple of games, he's really kind of started to put the pieces together. Um, that doesn't change. Him. That doesn't change the fact that I don't really see how he fits into the Habs organization in the long run. But he's finally looking like a developing prospect instead of just somebody who's kind of been stuck in the AHL for an entire career. Yeah. Um, who's got room to improve? Weird take, but everyone, because the AHL is a development league. Yeah. Because a bunch of the players are there because they are developing. So there's always still room to learn to improve and to get better. Um, Wheel, however. Wheel? Listen to me. He did. He listened to our podcast. (laughs) I said, Jordan Wheel, pretty please score me a goal. And he said, how about two? How about three? (laughs) How about three? <laughs> so, um, Laval, however, is second in the Canadian division behind Stockton. Um, they are seventh in the league. Yeah. So, Laval's making the playoffs. It's whatever. 100%. Um, that's really all I have to say about Laval. We all know how great they are. They've been, I honestly probably like Laval better than I like the Habs right now. A little bit. Not going to lie. They're, they're a lot good. Less disappointing for me. Yeah. They're a good, like, if you're frustrated with the halves, you have the like Laval to fall back on and be like, at least they're winning. At least they can yeah. score in overtime. <laughs> at least they don't hate me on a personal level. Yeah. But. Jeez. Um, and then speaking of the kids, Caulfield. Yeah. And there's really no kind of like news on him because he's kind of in a holding pattern waiting for another tournament. Well, the news is that he made it to the finals and then he lost the finals, um, which, you know, I guess is sad for him. But I have no stake in, like, Wisconsin junior hockey. So, <laughs> like, I'm not torn up about it. Um, he's heading off to, like, the Frozen Four tournament. I don't know exactly how that works, but apparently it's a bigger deal than whatever he just did. Um, so here's hoping. Um, but he's still, he's a finalist in the Hobie Baker race. No surprise. He was also like player of the year. No surprise. Um, we love him. He's really exciting to watch. I'm excited to see him come to Laval whenever. Yes. To Laval, not to Montreal. Keyword Laval. (laughs) He's going to the rocket first. We're waiting for him. We're still waiting for him to join the Habs, especially right now. Yep. Um, so he's just fun. He's just fun to like, he's to see, uh, on Twitter, just like tearing it up, having the time of his life. Love the kid. Keep doing what you're doing, kid. Emily. D. Uh, my watch tells me it's about that time. About that time? That, uh, that, that hockey how-to time? A little bit of hockey how-to time. Oh, hockey how-to time. Okay. (laughs) Time. So this is going back to when I asked you about the power play a few episodes ago. Something that I still like don't quite know is like uh, the 
there's a player on each unit called the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, another player that, who's, like, on the point. Mm-hmm. I just don't know exactly, like, like, how significant is that role and how does that role work to have, like, a, a literal name attached to it. And then, like, it also depends on who is there. Right. So a power play quarterback is the guy whose, like, main objective is to drive play. Okay. Is to make sure that plays are there or they're there to be like the weapon like right. the secret weapon like that's the guy that you would just want to try to get the puck to because he's gonna get it you know he, he's gonna get players open he's gonna be able to get to the net he's gonna be able to get the puck behind the goalie so right. cole caulfield could be mm-hmm. a really good power play quarterback because right. he would be a really good offensive weapon mm-hmm. to have um, he's also really small, so he can like have people trying to defend him and then like, you know, drive the play elsewhere. The quarterback, look, I know this. Okay. This is like the one football fact I know. <laughs> the quarterback in football is the captain of the offense. Yeah. So if you think about it that way and apply that to the power play, the power play quarterback is the captain of the power plays offense. Okay. So it needs to be somebody who can drive the play, move the puck, help plays develop, keep plays alive. And they're not always the guy on the point. Sometimes they're a bit more mobile, but it's the guy that you you want running that power play unit. Okay. So is that why Weber was the quarterback? Yes, because you can usually, you could usually rely on him to get the puck moving or to have people trying to defend him so that he can pull like players out of position. Right. He's also got that slap shot so he could get everybody moving around then get set up for a one timer and clap it in. And then everyone just jumps out of the way. (laughs) Exactly. So I always like to apply that one little bit of football knowledge that I have that Mm -hmm. the quarterback is the captain of the offense to the quarterback of the power play. The quarterback of the power play is the quarterback of the power play's offense. Like he's okay. the captain of the power play's offense. Okay. And then what's the point? Oh, the point's just like, you know, top of the circles. <laughs> That's just where somebody stands. Oh. So so they would have players like a, a little more designated, like we want you here more of the time. So, you know, like in the penalty kill. Yeah. You know where like Arturi Lekanen is on the penalty kill? He mans, yeah, yeah, he mans the point. So he's mm-hmm. covering the men on the point. Okay. So. Okay. But like, would that, would, would that be like, would you have specific players try and be there at all times? Yeah. You have like... whoever's better at um, managing that zone. Okay. Yeah. It so really like just seen... depends on the players that you have on right. the power play. So I seem and... like Drew Wayne is on the point more now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's a really creative playmaker. Okay. So from the point, you can direct a lot of plays because of its position on the ice. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Well, I have a question for you, just really quick. Okay. You might want to elaborate a bit on this one because I don't know exactly what you mean. What? It's not that hard. If you had to be named after a city, state, or country... Like if you had, like if your name had to be a city name, a state oh, name, okay. or a country name. I thought there was maybe a little more to it. <laughs> no. Which would you want it to be? Okay. How about you go first while I think about it? Okay. This? I have one actually. 
I would have my name be Edinburgh. Okay. Capital of Scotland. Yeah. Um, just because obviously um, I'm Scottish and I think Edinburgh is a really pretty name. Plus, if you pronounce Edinburgh like a Scotsman does, it's pronounced Embra. So that'd be a really cute nickname. That is cute, yeah. Um, actually, fun fact. I'm not doing a last name reveal on the podcast, but fun fact, there is a name, there is a, um, a town in England that is like my last name town. Okay. <laughs> However, <laughs> I'm not going to choose that. Uh, <laughs> that is a fun fact though. And my Emily's uncle- last name is actually no last name. Exactly. Um, I am like Beyonce. I'm just Emily. Yes. Um, and my uncle actually went there and he got a free drink, like, and shook the mayor's hand and everything. It's kind of funny. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but a town that I, hmm. you know what, N- like, city name I've always really liked? What's Atlanta. That? Atlanta? Yeah. Yeah, because you could be called, like, Laney or something. Laney, Ada, or, like, but it also makes me think of, like, Atlantis. And it makes me think of, like, Atalanta, who is, um, like, a Greek, like, a Greek, uh, hero, I believe. Um, and I always just thought it, like, flowed really nicely, like, Atlanta, you know? That's cute! It's cute, it's pretty, it makes me, like, it's like mermaid, it'd be a mermaid name, you know? Yeah. And I've already got, I've already got my mermaid hair going, so. <laughs> yeah. Atlanta, yeah. I like it. Emily. Uh, yeah. What did the cell say to his sister when she stepped on his toes? What? Ow, my toe, sis. <laughs> my toe, sis. Yeah, like my toe, sis. Yeah, like, like cells, yeah. <laughs> Ow, my toes uh, A little science joke. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's like if your dad was a, a scientist. It's like exactly. if your dad was Harrison Wells. Yes, that's a joke you would say. <laughs> uh, D. Yes. Why don't crabs give to charity? Oh, God, why? Because they're shellfish. God damn it. I need <laughs> shellfish. I'm kosher. I like <laughs> Well, that's even worse. <laughs> I was going to do a crustacean joke, but maybe I'll do it next week do it i want to hear it okay well anyway it's what we've uh, got because the anthem's going right now yeah she's gotta watch the game so is there anything you're looking forward to yeah maybe our terry lekinen playing a goddamn game <laughs> yeah um i'm looking forward to like an overtime win <laughs> or like more than one win in a row yeah that would be nice <laughs> that would also be nice uh, I'm looking forward to getting to know this new Wells on season six of The Flash. Oh, yeah, that's fun. And I'm looking forward to uh, maybe starting a new video game. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll play should... Heart Rising Zero Dawn. Maybe I'll finish Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Maybe you should finish season five, I mean four, season of, four. of The Flash. Yeah, I just started it. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Maybe next week to see... Uh, how the Habs have been doing? Did they win? Did they win overtime at any point? Did they win with the reverse retros? <laughs> Did they do anything worth note? Did Arturi Lekin play? play a 
fucking game? Did Mecha Frolic touch the ice that isn't in practice? Who knows? Who knows? Only time will tell. Emily. Yeah. Any words of wisdom for the kids? Just remember, keep it out of full team effort. And I hate it here. Okay, okay bye! bye.